Good afternoon, and welcome to this edition of the 21 News Podcast. As new information becomes available virtually every day on the coronavirus, doctors are scrambling to keep up with the newest ways to serve their patients and keep them safe. And this is truer than ever when those patients are new mothers and soon-to-be mothers. With me today is Dr. Constantine Economist. Thank you for joining us. And Thank he's you. been working diligently to find ways to keep mom and baby safe in all these unusual times. So we really appreciate your time. Um, again, thank you so much. You're welcome, Leslie. Thank you very much. And I know you've been keeping up on the latest research, and it has been coming down really fast um, regarding the coronavirus and pregnancy. Um, you know, what can you tell us right now? Well, you are right about that. We are getting new information almost daily. I get uh, emails and updates from the American College of OBGYN, the Centers for Disease Control, and the Ohio Department of Health, and we are following those in our office very closely to make sure that we do the best thing for our patients and for our communities, because that's what it comes down to, keeping everybody safe. So it comes down to uh, what we do in the office and who we see and who, how we are able to see them or not see them to keep everybody safe and healthy. And to that end, they have allowed us to start doing telemedicine visits. Um, and we're doing a lot of those to keep people home and keep people safe, but also keep them well cared for. In fact, I've spent the afternoon today calling uh, my patients who are scheduled for those types of visits, and we can accomplish a lot of non-emergent things like that over the phone, and they are very uh, relieved by that um, because they can get their uh, worries uh, taken care of, um, but they can also stay home and stay safe. Yeah, but then I guess there's some visits that, you know, maybe as you're getting closer to delivery um, that have to be done that are really important maybe. There are, the especially obstetrically, yes, and we discuss that. And, um, you know, when people come into the office anymore, um, you know, like we keep saying we have to stay safe. Uh, so we have a rescheduled annual visits. But when people call the office, we screen them for any symptoms. Uh, they can sign in from their car and wait in their car before they come into the office. We've spaced out the appointments to give people space. We spaced out our waiting room to give people space. We obviously keep people in separate examination rooms and they're being cleaned after every visit. Our bathroom is being cleaned after every visit, and we try to keep everybody spaced out as much as possible. And yes, we are seeing mainly pretty much obstetric patients and just the emergencies, and um, we try to keep them you know, in and out as quickly as possible um, and answer as much as we can over the phone, and that is helping. Yeah, that's great. What can you tell us about the pregnant mother's risk of infection at this time? So the American College of OBGYN and the American Society of Reproductive Medicine are still considering pregnant mothers at high risk. The CDC decided they did not think they were high risk, and that is uh, somewhat okay because it makes us feel like maybe they are not at increased risk for her infection. So that is a relief to us. But we as obstetricians and gynecologists want to uh, obviously uh, keep a close eye on our patients, so we still consider them high risk. It does not appear that uh, there is a uh, that pregnancy does change their risk factors for getting it or making it any worse. Uh, the biggest risk factors still remain such things as chronic diseases like lung, lung issues like asthma, uh, diabetes especially, and, and, and hypertensive type people. Those are the people that are having uh, the, the biggest problems, the people with a chronic illness. So it does not appear at this point in our research that, number one, it affects pregnant women any differently. Um, we also are not seeing any risk of transmission from mom to fetus. There is maybe one case that they're looking into right now, uh, but apart from that, 
it appears that there's no increased risk for transmission for mom to fetus. And then that's been a reassuring thing to us, too. Now, obviously, there are more studies going on. And since this is a new virus, uh, we're going to have to see what the long-term effects are. But we're not seeing uh, anything like that at the moment, which is very reassuring. Yes, definitely. And what about, like, the newborn, how susceptible the newborn is to -to person-to-person spread? That's the concern. So we um, are also encouraging moms and new, and uh, you know, to keep their newborn safe, just like they do themselves. Social distancing, stay home. You know, go home. I don't want to say quarantine, but almost quarantine. You know, stay home and stay safe. Don't don't pass the baby around. Don't expose the baby to multiple people. Um, you know, they are allowing breastfeeding. Um, you know, and they are encouraging breastfeeding still. Um, and uh, that is a concern. They're even saying that COVID-positive moms can breastfeed because the concern is not that it is uh, – they don't believe it's spread through breast milk, but they still think it's a respiratory situation, so they encourage the mom to um, pump as much as possible. If they do want to breastfeed, then they would wear a mask, clean their pumps frequently, um, and avoid any respiratory trans- transmission. Yeah. And, like, just one of my concerns, expecting, and I'm close to delivery, a concern of mine has been catching it and then hearing the possibility of being quarantined from the baby and separated from the baby in those, like, the first moments, you know, for 14 days when the baby comes. That's uh, very distressing it. to moms. They're very concerned about that. I hear that almost every day. So you're not alone in feeling that concern. Um, and I would be concerned about that. You know, that is still a recommendation and is a consideration. Uh, but as we said, they are allowing COVID-positive moms to breastfeed. Um, so, they're, you know, they're still recommending distancing. Um, but um, that 14-day thing is not set in stone. It's still up to the, you know, to the parents. You're still a parent, and you, have, you can make your decision about uh, what you do with your child. And we still are allowing dads in, especially locally. I know there was a concern about that recently in New York. They stopped allowing dads into the hospital, um, and then the governor overturned that. Um, we are allowing one person to go with the patient to the hospital. There's, there's a support person. And That's no great. I know there's been a lot of questions that. about that, and that I've read stories about that, too, and it was circulating a lot. No, I think so moms wondering are about reassured it. by that, you know what I mean, because they need a support person, number one. And then they also, um, you know, they also want to stay safe, too, so they don't want a lot of extra people around. So it's reassuring on both ends for those moms, you know, so, and they are, um, they are, they, I do think that is working well. Yeah. What about wearing masks during delivery and when you meet the new baby? Like, I saw somebody, you know, with a mask on in delivery at, um, you know, in New York City with a mask on, and I wasn't sure if, you know, everyone wears masks or what the recommendation, if there's a recommendation. You will see, and I'm just trying to prepare expected moms, when you do go to the hospital, you will see a lot of people wearing masks these days. A lot of the staff are wearing masks. Um, and that is some, uh, some on some hands a personal uh, situation, and on other hands, you know, um, it, it, they do it because they just want to stay safe. Now, obviously, if anybody's symptomatic, if a mom is a pregnant mother is uh, expectant, we do have special rooms, and we do have a special protocol that's set up for them, and they are supposed to wear the mask uh, during the whole process to also prevent spread to other people. Um, so, you know, the mom will wear a mask in that situation. We have a special cesarean section room and protocol all set up for that as well. And everybody does have special gowns and gloves and protective equipment that we wear that is all disposed of separately and in the room to keep everybody safe afterwards. Um, So, you know, that's number one if somebody's COVID positive. But number two, I I tell my moms, don't be surprised if you see a lot of people wearing masks. I mean, they even are recommending that, you know, moms who are out and about wear masks, even just a cloth mask, 
uh, in any way, shape, or form, if you, especially if you're going in an area where it's hard to uh, prevent social distancing, like they say, grocery stores and things like that, even though everybody's doing the best they can, sometimes you do get a little bit of clothes. So it's smart to wear a mask in that situation. Yeah. Do parents need to be tested, like, before delivery, or is that going on? Not on a routine basis. Some people are because they want to be, um, but not on a routine basis. We're still following the protocol for the testing, um, which falls into the, um, you know, people who are obviously symptomatic, um, people who may be ill, or if there's a question, you know, for sure we want to test, especially an expected mom, because we want, you know, they want to know what's going on. And, you know, it's better for everybody involved, including uh, the patient, the father of the baby, the baby, and then the people taking care of all of them also. What do you say to someone who's worried about going into the hospital right now? You know, I've heard people talking about, you know, thinking about maybe they're going to deliver at home versus going to the hospital now, and that's a real consideration for a lot of people. That's an excellent question, Leslie, and I've had a lot of people ask that question. Can I deliver at home, and will you deliver at home? Uh, So I don't recommend home delivery. Uh, You know, modern medicine has um, come a long way from the home deliveries that people did about a century ago. And now we are managing people in the hospital where it's, where it's, it's safe and we have fetal monitoring and we are practicing all of the things that are recommended to keep everybody safe. Um, so I want people to feel confident going to the hospital uh, to get the care they need. Um, we are following all the protocols. People are screened before they enter the hospital with the appropriate questions about travel history, some symptoms such as fever and cough or respiratory issues. And they are being screened for temperature when they do enter the hospital. Um, And then they are put in their separate rooms, and there's nobody in the waiting room either. So we're keeping the flow going very well that way. Um, During the whole delivery process, you know, we try to keep things moving as much as possible. And then a lot of moms are going home a little bit early, whereas they can usually stay two days after a natural birth. A lot of moms, as long as the baby's doing well and the pediatrician's okay with it, are opting to go home on the first day. And the C-sections, instead of the three to four days, they're trying to get home in the second or third day. Um, so those are the types of things that are happening. But moms should not fear going to the hospital. Um, the labor delivery unit is a separate unit with our own entrance, and we're following all the protocols to keep everybody as safe and sound as possible. Yeah, and it's separate from the COVID-19 cases. It's very separate. Um, yes. Is my understanding. Yes. Everything is very separate. And God forbid we do have a COVID-19 uh, positive patient. They are in a totally separate area. And then afterwards, you know, they go to a separate, you know, floor, you know, for those types of things also. So we, there is a separation there always. Okay. Even if there was a mom who tested positive would be in a separate room. Separate yes, area. they have a separate room and they have a negative flow where it sucks all the air into the room and doesn't let it go out. So um, there's lots of precautions given that way. Yeah. Are babies not staying in the nursery as long? Are they staying in your room? Uh, is that kind of is that part of it too? I don't know if you can speak to that or not. You see if both. You know, I'll, you know, you see yeah. both. You know, they are separate. You know, the babies are in separate bassinets. Um, you know, they're separated. You know, the they we take all the precautions that we're supposed to. Um, so you know, I see some parents uh, sending the baby down to the nursery if they want to get a good night's sleep, and then some moms just don't want to um, let go of the baby. So I, I can't, you know, I, I can't say that I've seen an increase in either way. I, I think that's kind of like the normal flow for that. Okay, you know, and we were talking about the spread once the baby's born, and family members. I know they want to see the new baby, and it's different, um, you know, and even like big brothers and sisters. 
how do you recommend parents handle this? Um, Number one, I would recommend ask each pediatrician. They have different recommendations, but what I'm hearing is they're recommending just separation. You know, go into your home and stay in your home with your immediate core family that is in your home, under your roof. Um, you're trying to limit um, a lot of visitors, obviously. You know, and it's uh, as difficult as it is for the grandparents. It's also safe for the grandparents. We're trying to keep them safe as well. You know, so if they're out and about and mixing and mingling too much, they put themselves at risk. So as difficult as it is, we're very fortunate in this age that we have technology and FaceTime and Zoom meetings and things like that. And that is helpful. Obviously, it's not as wonderful as holding that newborn, um, especially if it's your grandchild. Um, but it, they're, pro- they're recommending try to stay as separate as possible still. Okay. And the other big concerns that you get asked a lot about it? Well, the biggest concern, as you said, is, you know, how do I stay healthy? How do I stay safe? And what is it happens to me? Um, and what we're, the very fortunate thing is, you know, our, most of our obstetric patients are young and healthy people. So their chances of getting drastically sick are small, okay? Um, the, it's the elderly and the chronic medical condition people that have the, the bigger issues. Um, so our job is to keep everybody healthy. We're recommending to do everything in your power to keep yourself healthy. Get a good night's sleep. Eat well. Exercise. Those are all good things for your physical as well as your mental health. And those are the types of things that we want people to do on a daily basis is to keep themselves healthy. Um, also, maintain the social distancing. Wear a mask as much as possible when you're out and about. And wash your hands. You hear that over and over and over again. Wash your hands for 20 seconds. Uh, my family's complaining that their hands are raw because uh, they're not used to washing <laughs> their hands as much as I yes. do. But you just you just have to do what we want to do. Nobody wants to do anything like this, but we have to do all of these types of things. And it's just for our well-being. And hopefully, the end is in sight. They're starting to talk about opening things up. So once we start hearing that, that makes us all feel better. I think it's going to be a slow process, and I hope it's a slow process. Um, but our job is to, to stay safe and healthy. And, you know, I encourage people to just contact their doctor's office, see what they're doing, um, just to stay safe and um, see if they can do telemedicine visits um, and ask for any guidance. And, you know, obviously in any emergency situation, we're there for them anyway. You know, we're, we're, we're here to support and take care of not only our patients, but the entire community. Well, this is great information. Thank you so much for sharing with us, with, with us and sharing your time with us today. You're welcome, Leslie. Thank you very much for your time and all the best to you. I wish you well. Thank you.